We're going to be going through a series of thought over the next few weeks, and um, I, I was going to go in a different direction, and, and the way in which Nacho last week finished off, I thought, no, this is the direction, and in and, and many senses throughout this week, that's really been confirmed to my heart, and uh, I just uh, are really excited uh, about bringing a thought on by my spirit, um, or be filled, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I'll look amongst us, we're a Pentecostal Bible-believing church, we believe the Word of God. The Word of God is very clear that, you know, if you believe and you're baptized, or you believe and you've received God into your life, then the Holy Spirit has come to take up residence. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 speaks about we are now sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You know, that moment you say, Jesus, come into my heart. He's, he, it's like the King of heaven puts his seal upon your life and no one else can break that seal. Don't you like that thought? Yeah, I, I, well, some of you do. <laughs> Let's see if we can all agree. I don't mind you talking to me either. Uh, so when, 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 when the Holy Spirit, when we receive Jesus, the Father seals us. And he says, no one can break the seal. No one, nothing, no situation, nothing can break the seal. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's Ephesians 1 verse 3, uh, verse 13. And I, I just love that passage in God's word. But do you know what? There's, a, there's an experience. You know, Jesus talked about to his disciples and, and he said, be, be baptized or receive the Holy Spirit in their life before Pentecost. And that was the sealing. I believe it was the sealing of the Spirit upon their life. And then we see in the book of Acts, Jesus turned around to them and said, just tarry, hang around in Jerusalem. Don't be in a hurry. Do you know what? The problem is we've got time Kronos, not Kairos, we like Kairos. We have Kronos, and we look at it and we say, oh, it's 19 minutes before 12 o'clock, and church is going to be done. We can go home. Dinner's in the oven. We've got family coming around. We've planned our day, and we've restricted God. Is that true? For some of you, it's not brilliant. Good. Some of you haven't got dinner in the oven already. You haven't got family coming around. You haven't got anything else planned this afternoon. We can spend the rest of the afternoon. For the rest of you, you either stay or you burn your turkey or your chicken or whatever you got the beef in the oven, whatever it is, or we could miss out on what God wants to do. Let's, I know Sundays is a family day, but let's not set our time by the clock and say, we have now only 17 minutes. What? What would we do with 17? You know, those disciples waited 10 days together and then the Holy Spirit came suddenly. Imagine if we say, oh, midday, it's all done. If we had done midday but one more minute, and suddenly all heaven broke loose. What a great moment that would be. But what a shame if we missed it because of one minute. I just want us to break the mindset that we'll be finished at midday. Is that okay? Is that good with everyone? I'm waiting for a unanimous, or as we're today, I'll let you off. We're finished close, all right? Because you may have dinner in the oven. But let, let's let's get let's break the mindset, all right? I still may finish at midday and surprise you all. Spirit-filled life. Are we living a spirit-filled life? 
It's a great question. When you look at the disciples and you look at their journey, and in that moment, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and the tongues of fire rested upon them, and, and they went in the power of God into the streets of Jerusalem and the surrounding region. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, right now, you can examine your heart. This is, and I'm not saying this to condemn anybody in the room. But when was the last time you said, Holy Spirit, come fill me today? When was the last moment, the last time you woke up, bang, your eyelids open first thing in the morning. And you say, before you get out of bed, Holy Spirit, I've been believing for a God-filled, a Holy Ghost-filled day. Are we Spirit-filled believers? Or do we need someone just to remind us and to stir us up? I, I, I just want that to be a part of our life. Oh, it's so easy to grab for our phone and say, oh, who's contacting me? Who's on Facebook? Who's done this? Who's done that? Who's on social media right now? So easy to grab our phone first thing in the morning. But let's make our first choice in the morning. Holy Spirit, here I am, wholly available to you. Fill me this day and lead me in the way you want me to go. What a great prayer. First thing, every single day. Do you know what? We would see many other people saved. We would see our lives transformed when we begin to pray that way. I just want to drop that into your life and into your heart just to sort of trigger your thoughts. Are we living... A spirit-filled life. We can all say, oh, I'm a spirit-filled Christian. I speak in tongues. That's great. But speaking in tongues, there's several reasons why we speak in tongues. We speak in tongues to build ourselves up in our most holy faith. That's 1 Jude, Jude verse 20. It says, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. So in many senses, praying in the Spirit benefits us and it builds faith in our life. That's a great reason to pray in the Spirit. Do you know what? When you pray in the Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to pray through you, it says you pray in Romans, you pray the perfect prayer. You pray the Spirit-led prayer into situations. Oh, you know, I've been in many prayer meetings where we explain everything to God how we want him to do it, how we think the timing should be, when we think he should do it. And then we say, in the name of Jesus, amen. But actually, we don't need to explain to God. We don't need to tell him how we want him to do it. We just need to say, and speak in tongues, the perfect prayer that the Spirit of God is praying through us into that situation. Sometimes we need to use the words of our natural language. Other times we just need to pray in the Spirit and allow him to pray through us. And then there's tongues, speaking in tongues that will edify others and build others up and encourage others. But are we praying in tongues? Are we allowing the gift of God's Spirit to flow through us? I just, you know, I just, I guess, I've got lots of questions I want to ask us and, and challenge you, me, us. Because we can say we're one thing, but are we another? I can say that I'm a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pastor, but do I behave like a pastor? 
I can say that I'm a husband. Do I, do I behave like a husband? Do I, I can say I'm a dad, but do I behave like a dad? I'd like to say in all of those areas, I am what I am, and I do. But we can say I'm spirit-filled and then look at our life and say, I feel like I'm walking through a wilderness. I feel like I'm in a desert place. Do you know what? The Bible says he brings streams in the desert. We feel like we're going through a desert place. Maybe we're not praying in tongues like we should be because when we feel like we're in a desert place, there should be streams of living water flowing into our life. It's interesting how we produce our Christianisms. You know, I feel like I'm in a wilderness. I feel like I'm in a desert place. And that can feel like it, but he, the Spirit of God, can bring revival. You know, it speaks about, it speaks about in, 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 um, it speaks about in Psalm 84, that though, though I'm walking through the valley of Baca, or the valley of weeping, or the valley of struggle, the valley of anxiety, the valley of my trouble, whatever that may be in your life, it's the valley of weeping, it's that place of struggle, it's that place where I, I can't cope in myself, he makes it a place of strength. But that, that the key is to keep our eye in the middle of that journey. I, I heard this illustration many, many years ago. If I, if I was traveling from here in Gosport and I was traveling to London, give me a town or a city that I would need to pass through. Basingstoke, Guildford, depending on which way you go up the, M8, the A3 or the M3. Okay, I'm going to go Guildford, all right? So we're traveling from, from I'm going to London. Everyone with me? Yes. We're all going to London. Praise the Lord. We're not going to see the king. We're, we're going, I don't know where we're going, but we're going to London, all right? We're all on the journey. But we're passing through Guildford. Yeah? It's a wee break. It's, it's to get a, it's getting McDonald's. Whatever you want to do, but we're getting off at Guildford on the journey just to help everybody. You know, don't starve yourself of drink. Don't starve. You know, you're, we're going to take a stop on the way. We're driving along. I'll be the driver. We're driving along. We're happily going. <laughs> and we're all going with me to London. Say London. Okay, I don't want you to suddenly think you're stopping at Guildford. We're going to London, right? We're heading towards Guildford. There's a few people in the coach that are crossing their legs and they're thinking, how long to Guildford? All right, but we're, we're heading towards Guildford. We're nearly at Guildford. Everyone's taking a breath and, oh, great, we're nearly at Guildford. Yeah, happy? Yeah. Great. We get off the bus, we go and do our McDonald's, we pop into the conveniences, not the shops, the loos, and wherever else we need to be, we get all those things done. And there's one or two people who say, oh, the shops here in Guildford are lovely. Oh, wouldn't it be nice if we just stop and hang around here for a bit longer? I'm saying, come on, everyone. Time to get back on the bus. We're heading to London. There's some people that got off the bus that shouldn't have done because we're going to London. And that's how it is in the journey of our Christian life. Passing through the valley of Guildford or passing through the valley of Baca, that place of weeping, you, whatever you're going through in life right now, you will pass through. 
That is the weakest amen. Yes, whatever it is you're going through, you will pass through. Amen. It's not where you stay. You're passing through to London. Though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. When you're going through your valley, do not let fear strangle the life out of you. You're passing through the valley. Whether it's the valley of the shadow of death, whether it's the valley of Baca, you are passing through. I, just, I believe there are people in this room who are passing through, but you've got stuck in Guildford. Guildford's a lovely place. All right? You're stuck in Guildford, but that's not where God wanted you to be. You're stuck in sin in Guildford, but that's not where God wants you to be. You're stuck in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a marriage situation. I'm not saying get out of it. I'm saying you're stuck in a marriage situation, but you don't know how to get out of the, 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 the bad cycle of life that you're in. He doesn't want you to stay in Guildford. He wants you to pass on through. You may, be, you may be caught up with friendships that are negative to the spiritual journey of your life, and, and you st- You've stuck around with your friends. You've stuck around with your mates because that's all you know. But you're in Guildford. And God says, no, don't stay in Guildford because your friends who say they're friends won't be friends with you in a few years' time. When you pass through Guildford and continue on your way to London. London is the place of freedom. London is the place of blessing. London is the place where God's purposes for your life begin to be fulfilled. But we've got to pass through the issues. When, when you're a teenager and, and there is so much going on around you and it's a learning curve and it's a temptation and it's a, a pressure on your life, it's so easy to stay in Guildford rather than saying, I'm going to pursue the things of God in my life. But when you're young and you've got the ability to say, I am not going to stay where I am, even though God is in my present, I'm not going to get stuck in, in, in this area of my life, even though the God is the God of now, I'm going to continue to pursue in my life because he's the God of my, my future. He is past, present, and future, but we don't get stuck in our present. We continue to look to God for our future. Otherwise, you just become a stagnant, stuffy Christian. Did I really say that? We don't want to be stuffy. Can't say that without spitting, sorry. I'm getting too excited here. We don't want to be stuffy Christians. Do we? Let the life of God fill you. There's no way I'm going to get to my... I haven't got to my first scripture. (laughs) Four minutes. Filled. Say filled. Filled. Say filled like you really mean it. I get more excited about my fantasy football than than that. Filled! Filled! Can you imagine? Sorry, that might have been a bit loud on the speakers. (laughs) Especially on the recording. When you really mean something, you really go for it. I've seen these guys on the football pitch and others, Marius, I've seen on the football. When you're on that football pitch and you're shouting for the ball because you're in the best position, you shout for the ball. 
There's something else I heard a long time ago. And it, and it was shout it out. We've been called to shout it out. Oh, we can be quiet as a church. We can. We can be English. We, we can be African. I want us to be kingdom. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent will take it by force. That's kingdom. Oh, we can be culturally right in our own life. Absolutely. That means I'm quiet as an Englishman. I am. I'm really introvert as an Englishman. But as a kingdom of God man, I am violent and I will take it by force. Amen? I'm going to speak my first scripture. (laughs) John 7, verse 37 to 38 says this. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus, this is, who, who is our example in life? Jesus. Okay, this is our example. Jesus is our example. <laughs> I'm pleased you said Jesus. Jesus stood and cried out. So Jesus shouted. When Jesus cried out, he didn't go, guys, hello. That's not how Jesus was. Come on, he's a real man. He's a man's man. Jesus was a man's man. I know we've been demasculated in our world, in our generation, but there are men in the church of God. If you're a man in the house of God, stand up. Come on, stand up with me. There's some ladies who look like men, and there's some men who look like ladies. Come on. We're men. Stand up in the church. If you're a man, don't sit down. Stand up. Come on, Steve, stand up. I can see you. Or are you standing up? (laughs) Come on, Steve, up you jump. Come on. Every man in this room. Yes, even the little men. Good man. I'll tell you what, the church has been demasculized. The world has made an influence on the church, but the church of Jesus Christ is standing up in this room today. Look around, ladies. These are men. They are men of God. They are spiritual men of God. These are... Yeah, they are. (laughs) And we can make noises as well as noises. Look at these men. Spirit-filled, God-loving men. And if we want our little ones who are that big to become big ones like this, every man in this room needs to live by example. If you're grandparents, we need to live by example. What are you doing? Are you standing up? Thank you, Sylvie. Good on you, Sylvie. Stay standing, men, all right? So Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts... Clearly, I thirsted today. I normally have that much from the top. I've got that much from the bottom. He said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. 
Let him, I, I tell you what, looking around you men, some of you drank a lot in your past. But it wasn't the things of the Spirit of God. I was one of those. But there came a moment in my life that God set me free. I wasn't an alcoholic. I wasn't out of control. I just enjoyed drinking lots. But then God came in my life. And he changed me. Let the Spirit cause the thirst. I don't know if you've ever had a, had a, a Chinese. Who's had a, who likes a Chinese? Who likes what you feel in the middle of the night about four o'clock in the morning when your tongue is stuck to your palate? I feel so dry. That's what you call thirst. Give me drink. Give me a water. Give me anything because you're thirsty. That is what God wants in your life. That we thirst for him. But you hunger first. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled. As men, Jesus is addressing the crowd. But we know in biblical days, he spoke predominantly to the men and the women were included. All right, And you are all included, Sylvia, you're all included. But he spoke to the men. He chose 12 men. I'm not going to apologize for this to anybody. He chose 12 men. And those 12 men and others were in the upper room. Ladies of the world were present. And then the message spread throughout the whole world. The church of the 21st century needs spiritual, strong, devoted to God men. Because if you're devoted to God... You'll be devoted to your wife, your spouse. You'll be faithful. If you're faithful to God, you'll be faithful to your wife. You'll be faithful to your children. You'll be faithful in the house of God. You'll be faithful at work. Why? You'll be a man of excellence, just as Daniel was. He was a man who was separated from the rest because of his excellence. Let me finish the scripture because we're past time now. He who believes in me, as the scripture says... Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Not garbage coming out of your mouth. Not, not, not worldliness coming out of our mouth. Not the influence of this world coming out of your mouth. He said, out of your heart, Whatever is in the abundance of your heart, the mouth then begins to speak. I could walk with you, every one of you men. I could go and do coffee with you, and I would know what you have in your heart after spending half an hour with you. You start talking to me about all the films that you've watched. Oh, yeah, you watch Netflix. That's not the Spirit of God. That's not going to fill you. That's not going to empower you. That's not going to change you. It's not going to change your family. It's not going to change your world. It's Netflix. If I hung around you, you could be talking about your, your, your hobbies or your sporting or your football. or your... Whatever is in the abundance of your heart, you'll begin to speak. Here he says, out of his heart will flow rivers of life-giving water. Life-giving 
water. What comes first? The infilling. Once we've been infilled, there's the overflow. So what was Jesus talking about? I'm going to flick forward a couple of verses. A verse. John 7, 39. Don't sit down. <laughs> I saw you duck. <laughs> but this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. Ladies and gentlemen, have you received the Holy Spirit back then, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified, but he has now been glorified. Have you received him? Have you said, Jesus, come into my life? If you have, step one. Step two is, have you been filled with his spirit in your life? Have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Because if you have, then rivers of living water will begin to flow from your life. Not doubt, not, uncirc- not, not, un- not concern, not, 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 not focusing on the, the negative. Out of your belly will flow the things of the Spirit. We may need to season our tongue And be a watchful what we say, how we say, when we say. And we need to take control of the members of our body so that the spirit can flow. You may be believing for things to change in certain people's lives, in certain situations, in, in, in health situations. Do you know what? What we say will determine the outcomes of what we believe. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Let the water of the word, seasoned by the grace of Almighty God, and given the power of the Holy Spirit, begin to flow out of who we are. Next week, guys, you can come in as you were, or you can come in different. We've got seven days to make change. Seven days to, to look at ourselves and say, Lord, you've been gracious to me. You've not slapped me on the hand. You, you've not rebuked me. You've not this out of that. Well, I've not been hearing it. But I've got seven, I've got seven days before we're back in the house of the Lord. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in fired up. Fired up. I'm going to come in like a, like a roaring lion. And all us ladies as well. Lionesses. You don't carry a big mane. God is good, isn't he? Let's all stand together. You may be here today and you've never, you've never experienced church quite like today. We haven't experienced church like God wants it to be yet. No matter where you've come from, what nation, what, what church, how great that church was, we have not experienced church as God looks at his church and wants it to be. Because it goes from glory to glory, from strength to strength. And we are yet to see our best days. Amen? Amen. We are yet to see our best days. Amen? Amen.
Now, there was a situation in the Bible where the man of God sent his servant to the top of the mountain seven times, and on the seventh time, he said, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. We are yet to see the best days of the church. Amen? That's number three. We are yet to see the best days of the church. Amen? All right, we only got a four. What's it going to be like? What's it going to be like when we get a seven? Okay, we are yet to see the best days of the church. Amen? That's five. I'll tell you what, hold on to the roof. Could a couple of guys hold on to the roof? Okay. We are yet to see the best days of the church. Amen? Oh, one more. Come on, one more. Are you up for it? I'll tell you, this is so exciting. I, 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 know, I know Sylvie's pleased to see me back preaching, but I am so pleased to be back preaching in the house of God. Amen. Yeah. Okay, that's one last time. We've got number seven, all right? Let me just take that off. <laughs>